0: welcome to season three of the lifestyle chase and i'm your host chris little this podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health wellness friends and family to help this podcast grow please share it on social media rate five stars tell your friends and check out the past 140 episodes and counting You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Okay, so welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 160 and I am joined by the one and only Samira Gonzalez. I I tried to get the name right. Hopefully I I got it close. (laughs) How are you doing today?
1: You did. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm excited to be here.
0: Perfect. Um, What was your day like today? Like, give me a look into the window of what life is like for you. Like, how did it start off? Just like today as an example.
1: (laughs) Um, Actually, today, I, well, last night I went to bed with um, (laughs) like a raging migraine. (laughs) Uh, So funny, you should ask. I had like a migraine tension headache and I woke up feeling um, pretty shitty. Um, But luckily today I reserve, I've been, since the pandemic hit, my whole uh, schedule has been like just completely flipped on its head um, and turned around. And so I'm all pretty much virtual right now. And Thursdays I've kind of allotted to things like podcasts or you know, paperwork, anything that I need to do outside of just training and and coaching sessions. Uh, So luckily I had some some leeway with with feeling bad today. (laughs) Uh, So I woke up, it was like a really slow start to the day. And I did go to the gym um, and struggled through that, threw up and then was like, do I feel better? Maybe I do. Let's keep going. (laughs) And then, and uh, I'm not a hardcore person by any means. So I'm not, I don't normally like (laughs) power through workouts to to try to throw up. I didn't feel good. Um, and then I'm here and that's kind of like, it sounds like a weird day, but that was,
0: that's a very (laughs) realistic day. Like you didn't tell us that you were writing a book or like, I mean, it's, it's okay if you were writing a book, but like, (laughs) Everything sounded like something I could relate to. Um, One thing is that some of my audience won't know who you are and I want them to get a good idea of of like what you do, what you're proud of, um, and, and what defines you as you are today.
1: Huh. Okay. Who I am and what I'm proud of and what defines me. That's a big thing to ask. Um... My name is Samara. I My parents made my name up <laughs> through muscle testing. Um, if it gives you any idea of, of how I grew up, I grew up in Oregon. Um, and I moved to New York about 14, going on 14 years ago to, to school. Um, but I grew up in a very what wasn't cool at the time and is now considered cool <laughs> household of, um, you know, alternative, of alternative medicine and, and lifestyle. Um, so I think that kind of gave me a strong background in making possible what I'm doing today, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of rambling, but how did I start? I got here, I went to school, I came here to go to school. And then after I graduated, I gave myself a couple years to figure out what I was doing. I gave myself a year, and it started going into a couple years. Um, and I was like, I can't, I didn't go to college to become a nanny, so I need to figure this shit out. <laughs> um, and I got into training. And it wasn't far off from, you know, I don't come from a family of doctors, um, and teachers and lawyers. My dad is, uh, the first person in his family to go to college. He went to UCLA, but then he became a carpet cleaner actually, (laughs) which is like great that he started his own business. I'm very, you know, I look up to him for a lot of things, but, uh. So going into something non-traditional was, was within the realm of, of possibilities for me. And um, he was an Olympic wrestler and a coach and my sister was an athlete and got into health coaching. So I was like, okay, training can be something that uh, I enjoy. And I almost actually went into geriatric nursing before I went to a traditional uh, Bachelor of Arts. So this was within the field of like, I think this is something that I really, I enjoy working with people, I care for people um, let's start with training. Um, and at the same time that I did that, I got into, I took a, um, a life coaching course. Um, and those are primarily just like communication skills, uh, and strategies to work with people. And then like six years later, I got, uh, I decided to go into health coaching at the same time as, as training. Um, and then that's kind of, like, brought me down to the path now. That was, like, a very long-winded answer. And I don't really know if I gave a good idea of who I am. But in a succinct answer, I am a personal trainer and health coach in New York City.
0: <laughs> that was perfect. I mean, I like that come. you went into, like, the, the background <laughs> um, just to kind of give more context. Because when people understand the context behind, like, why you do what you do, it kind of gives more buy-in, it kind of intrigues a person to listen further. Um, Just out of curiosity, what was like your first year in like the fitness industry realm like? Can you recall that? Can you think of like any (laughs) things that kind of pop out in your memory?
1: Yeah, it was, so I started working, this is actually how I met Kyle Dodds, um, he was my first he was the assistant manager at the gym that I started at. Um and I knew at that time, uh, like I <laughs> I had a certain amount of money in my bank account, if we're talking realistic, how it started out and I was like, I have three months to make this work. Um and, you know, I can either buy, like, personal, high, like, feminine hygiene products or a coffee. And, like, what am I going to buy today? And I had this, you know, I had uh, unlimited, not, I had limited funds to work with. So, when I started, I think I started in, like, February, in this gym, I started in February of, I don't know, 2013. Um, and by May, I was almost, I was a full-time trainer, 120 hours a month, or, yeah, of sessions. Um so it was about, what, 30 sessions a week, 30, 40 sessions a week. I had to build up from scratch to to get there. Um, and then, you know, working in a corporate gym, you can get really caught up in, i I'm a competitive person, and it's not healthy, but <laughs> it helped me drive. Like, you know, financially, I needed to make money. And then you get caught up in, uh, like, the drive and the... I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but um, sales in a gym. And so within like the first year, I was working. I don't know, 180 sessions a month, 100 close to like maybe even more, 190. Um, and it was great to get that many sessions under your belt and to get like to be that successful, in in a fitness industry right away. But it was very. Uh, exhausting. <laughs> so, what did so that, that was, period like, of time year.
0: teach you? Like, what what kind of uh, stood out? What did you have to do to kind of uh, build yourself back up after being so exhausted during that time?
1: Well, I kept going, actually. So, it just kept going for like another seven years, actually, <laughs> uh, until twenty seventeen. Until I, I went um, and created my my own business, I left the gym. So, I was at this corporate gym for about four and a half years. But I think that whole time that it taught me, I think I didn't, I stayed there out of fear of, you know, of making a big transition and will my clients come with me. Um, You know, you do have a safety net, a pool of people to always work from, even though all of my clients I've just gotten from referrals. Um, But it's, you know, you still, you have health insurance, you have these, the safety net of of stuff within a big box gym. I think what it taught me those years uh, was that in this industry, like, I hate the word grind, (laughs) but there is a certain amount of work that you have to put in in the beginning. Um, And you don't want to, it's not sustainable, but there are some sacrifices that you have to make in the beginning with this if you want a solid client base um, moving forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, that totally yeah. makes sense. You, you have to be willing to, uh, like, embrace the suck in the industry. Like, yeah. <laughs> certainly a person can get themselves to a place where they can kind of have that self-belief to take that, that leap and uh, get the guidance needed to refine their, their daily schedule. Like, I, I hear about so many people that we both know that kind of, like, changed logistics so that they could get more, like, work-life balance. Um when it came to you kind of leaping out of that gym setting, like what was the the tipping point? What kind of like made you say, Okay, no more, let's go.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I'm also I thought one more thing <laughs> about the, the last thing. And it's that I I feel like what I did notice, um, and I've seen now even just within myself, but I would notice with trainers coming in is that if they had anything to fall back onto, if they lived at home or they had another job and they had something that didn't push them like uh, this is like you have this certain amount of money and like it's gonna run out if you don't do something if you have a fallback plan you are so much more likely not going to uh do what you want to do and that in another area
0: totally agree um yeah. when it came to the jump out of the gym what was uh yeah. what was the the tipping point
1: um I could see myself going backwards. <laughs> I was, how old was I? I was 28 or nine. Maybe it was 29. What year is this? I don't know. It's not that much. Every time is like weird right now. I think it was like 29, 28 or 29. Um, and I felt like I was really successful and got to where I wanted to be in my you know early to mid to late 20s. And then um, I felt like I was just, I kind of hit a plateau, and I was like, okay, I'm okay hitting this plateau, because, like, you can't climb forever, and I just need to, like, be here and build for a while, and then I felt like I just could see myself, like, if a car stalled on a hill, and I could just see myself, like, rolling backwards, um, and I think at that point, I knew, that, I mean, besides, like, it being, like, a toxic gym culture and, and other things, too, but I knew that it was my time to leave, and I think trainers leave, Uh, a lot of people leave too early and out of a big box gym thinking they can make it on their own. Um, And I had four, you know, four years, four and a half years under my belt. And I was like, that's, I think, (laughs) if (laughs) this is too early, then I'm kind of fucked. Like, I need to leave now. Um, But I planned for it for like a year. I whittled everyone's sessions down. um, And, you know, hopefully no one from corporate company listens to this. (laughs) But I took 40 of my clients with me. Like, I planned down to a spreadsheet of when their sessions would be over um, to make sure that I those those years that I put in, I got something out of it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. And I think a lot of people have a shared experience, whether the big corporate gyms like it or not. It's just, like, you have to foster the environment that helps people grow continuously. And at that point where they feel like they've plateaued, it's kind of inevitable that they're going to take their legacy and keep growing like legacy being all these people that they've impacted you make these connections you foster this relationship you can't just snip that off like a lot of people when you're working with a client for a long time like they're all of a sudden they're kind of like family or friends like they you've forged this uh really strong connection um when it comes to forging connections like what, what is your experience with that? Like, what are the things that stand out the most to you when you're thinking about uh, creating a connection with a, with a human being or just with a client um, just in your career?
1: Hmm. Um. Listening. <laughs> That's, like, the first thing that I can think of. I mean, a part of why I left, too, is because I wanted to get in. I had, over the years, I think the year before I left, I became a a health coach. Um, And I think, uh, yeah, those skills of of listening and showing empathy um, and under, like, Understanding where they're at and being ready to meet them where they're at is is critical for this. I mean, for any relationship, but especially in in this profession. Whether you're a health coach or a trainer, you know, if you're going to be working with people um, who are going to be, you know, it's a pretty vulnerable position for them to be in. Especially if they want to make any sort of progress, they're going to need to share a lot of, about their lives.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's so true, even just reflecting on just how powerful it is to just learn different ways to listen, like, communication is a pretty solid skill for a person to have in this industry, and sometimes it just people take it for granted, like, how much further we can progress our career and retain our clients just by simply, like, holding space for people and finding out, like, how they communicate and uh, sort of, like, Understanding how to take feedback in a way that moves the needle forward instead of taking feedback and getting offended that somebody didn't like the exercise we chose or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's spot on. I think trainers, like we really have to um, lose our ego. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to, you know, I think it, it is a big part of it. i saying I'll always say like if there is something like I can't adjust unless you tell me. And it may be hard for me to hear, but I need to. Um, and, you know, there are things that, yeah, I, I think that you, you said it really well. Like, we have to be able to hear what <laughs> our clients are telling us. Um, you know, that, and that's the whole point of, um, you know, in coaching, it's like we, we take a very coach-centered approach usually to our clients. Um, but it's them and it's their time and, you know, this is their show.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, on that topic, like I can think of a few times when I've taken feedback from a client, like they, they've told me something about something that I thought was awesome and it turned out from their experience, it wasn't (laughs) awesome. And I had to kind of like sit in that and then make that adaptation. And then that was a point where I realized like, it doesn't matter how many new, uh, new skills I learned from a seminar or how many different like drills I could do. It's like, uh, if, if my client doesn't feel like it's working for them, I should probably move on to something else. Like no matter, no matter what kind of uh, skills that I've learned, but bringing it back to you, can you think of a time where, um, you received feedback that you had to kind of sit on for a bit and brew on and like, uh, learn from it?
1: Oh, uh, within my client situation, like, I mean, probably (laughs) I can't think of a specific moment. But I can think of like, you know, if clients, they'll say like, I really hate this exercise, or, you know, and it comes up every day where they're going to say something that they don't like, or something that's going on or something that they can feel frustrated or whatever. And I think it's like, instead of getting, you know, uh, really defensive or being like well it's because of this and this is why we're doing this but just being curious and asking questions um I think there's like a two-part to that right like setting aside like your own initial feelings and this is any anytime that you're working with someone like being really setting aside like your own um initial reactions to things and trying to be as like kind of objective as possible but also just asking questions as to what, and maybe it's different than what they said, too. Maybe it's not, like, they hate this exercise, and it's like, okay, it's hard, or, like, this is something that, like, I'm afraid of, and, okay, what is it that you're afraid of, or what is it? So I think, like, it's more just asking questions, like, being curious, and, and with them, without, like, judging them for what they're saying. Definitely. So that kind of, it was not exactly going where you asked, but it was uh
0: well it yeah. kind of tied into a good follow-up just like when I reflect on times when like a client of mine has said oh like this this exercise sucks or like I hate this exercise like I can ask another question and I can realize it was actually their favorite exercise that they did they just like to voice what they feel when they're doing it it's just like <laughs> um I really personally like the assault bike after I finished it I might be like that was brutal but I'll probably go back and do it. Like I'm most likely to do that exercise just because, like, uh, I can really put in a max amount of effort. Risk of injury is very low, um, and it's just like that. Those kind of scenarios are very rewarding for a client when when they're able to really present a lot of effort and competency. And sometimes we need to to give them that opportunity and not asking the right questions we could totally have cancelled that after they said that it sucked and so it's cool
1: (laughs) yeah i think they're lazy or think like whatever you know we have our, our we all hold judgments and i think it's um it's easy to like if you don't question like your own like how am i feeling about this or why am i feeling this way um you know if i do receive criticism maybe I'm like blocking it from my memory but I can't think of any recently or I mean like you know but if there is something that I have a, a reaction to it's generally like okay what like I may rant for a bit of like you know my head go off and then I'm like okay it's like and then step take a step back and be like what is it and why am I feeling this way or what's their side to it and then be curious as to like going into to what does it mean for them and ask questions
0: well, yeah, and I mean, it's a good sign that you've been open to feedback in the past and that you are able to action it and it doesn't feel like anything out of the ordinary. It's like, oh, they've responded as to the impact that this choice or exercise had. And then you could circle back and make the, the right adaptation or the right pivot and then business as usual, move on, carry on just another day. It doesn't become like a flashbulb memory in, in, in your mind um, to kind of keep things moving along, like you talked about how you were prepping for sort of like a year going into your big leap. You talked about, uh, kind of prepping your clients for it. What was it like to kind of think about going into business? Like, like thinking about that independent factor and, and what it would be like to not be under the umbrella of a greater entity.
1: Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was, I think the day that I left. Um, I had like, my jaw was like locked up. I was really, you know, I had carried a lot of, I now have a night guard for that. Cause I think I do carry a lot of tension in my jaw, but I was terrified. I was really, you know, um, there are a lot of unknowns and I had, you know, for the first time in my life, I had insurance. I didn't grow up with insurance. Um, and, you know, my parents I always thought we were like into alternative medicine as kids, but I actually think it was, we just didn't have money for insurance. Um, but so, you know, I had something steady and I was like, okay, I can keep this insurance for a few more years and then I'll have to figure that out on my own too. But um, I think it was terrifying, but I also knew like I was, I was capable of of running a business. Um, I just think, you know, there, there's, always a lot of unknowns um taking some sort of leap like that even if you were to transfer from one corporate job to another corporate job any change there there are going to be unknowns.
0: well i mean it comes down to the fact that like people are scared of like uh uncertainty and change and like stress but like that's where the big things happen like uh what are three things that really stand out in your journey since, like, 2017 or so? Hmm.
1: Like, three big...
0: It could be, like, a big leap that you made personally where it was just like, wow, I never realized I was capable of that. Or it could be, like, a, a record business year. It could be you decided to do some traveling. Anything that pops out in your mind, I'm ready. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I really I made a discovery and I don't maybe this was maybe I've known it before, but that I needed to like if I needed I needed something to like push me to make those changes that scared me. Um and I had to like I don't know, it's probably why someone hires a personal trainer, right? They need some sort of form of accountability. Um and we all need it. And I had gone through these this health coaching certification, um, actually at the beginning of of 2017. Um, And I did like the first half and then, but I couldn't call myself a certified health coach yet. And then um, I left and I formed the business and I was just kind of like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna give myself like a year to form this together. And then um, I really wanted to try to start making my own health coaching business of just like have at least half of my practice, like my my work be that. but then I like never really got into it. I was like really afraid to start having these sessions. And I was like not confident in my ability to do it. I think it was more just like fear of of failure and not sure if like, you know, you're not going to get better at something until you do it. And I wasn't doing it. And so I didn't feel like I was good at it. <laughs> um, and I had to sign up for the boards. And I was like, there are national boards for health coaching. And it's like, if I don't like, I had to have a certain amount of practice hours to be eligible to sit. And so, I signed up for another health coaching certification, which allowed me to get the practice hours. I think I just, like the biggest things that I had to do over, I think the boards, that's the long-winded answer, but passing the boards was one of the biggest accomplishments in like the last three years. Um, and creating just more of like a sustainable lifestyle for myself um, I I mean, up until the, the pandemic, I was still waking up at three o'clock in the morning for my sessions and leaving the house at like 350. Um, and hopefully, like, I'm not going to go back to that after this. But, uh, you know, it's just been like a slow transition, I think, over the years to like to get to where I want to go and to create the lifestyle that I want to have.
0: Well, that, yeah. that completely makes sense. And I mean, uh, just the those little moments so of like <laughs> the, the moments of like self-doubt or just like the uncertainty where it's like, oh, is this going to work out or, oh, this is going to we're going to have to accumulate a lot of like effort. And it's I think back to my podcast, like my very first episode was September 2018 And I was like, oh, like, is this going to get listeners or um, just like those doubts? And um, I think back to the podcasts that I listened to before I started my own and just kind of reflecting on like, oh, what if what if I got to be on a podcast or what if my voice got to be on a platform and what would that be like? But no, I couldn't possibly. And all it really took was just like starting putting in one single rep not really caring about failure or what the outcome was, but just knowing that, like, you're not going to get to episode 160 if you don't put in episode one. And, I mean, like, everybody needs to have some kind of, like, a a body of work. Like, you've got hundreds, thousands, probably a shit ton of sessions under your belt. And, like, you you know that you're capable of things and then you can apply that same competency to other categories. Um, I know that we've kind of outlined this a little bit, but like, what was it that made you really dial it into like that, that health coaching aspect of, of business?
1: Um, for a a huge handful of of reasons. Um, I think the first, Thing was well, okay well there's like the business side of it and then there's like the side of like of helping people I think um, I didn't want to just like I wanted more variety in my training and and what I could offer people um, I knew that there was so much more that goes into changes than just someone coming in once a week, twice a week, and there's so much more work that has to happen um, behind the scenes, and I'm just, I, you know, feeling uh, frustrated with the process, and this, like, you know, training is very, um, can be very, like, prescriptive, like, you need to eat this, you need to do this no excuses like the language that we use with clients is not working and I know there's like this buzzword in the last like year or two wow I wouldn't say two like year of like behavior change and coaching psychology and uh, people are recognizing this need for for like looking at like the psychological aspect of it and, and these aside the but I think that there's still um like conflicting language that's being used when talking with clients. So that's really kind of like why I was like, this is, this is the direction that I need to go. And if I really want to help people and this is, there's so much more that I need to learn and and develop this and my skills. Um, And that's like at the heart of my business, right? Like I enjoy biome, Like, no, I don't enjoy, Uh, I will learn biomechanics and like, because I need to for my job, but it's not like what I love. You know, I love connecting with people. I love um, helping them truly with their goals and making them feel better. And there's only so much biomechanics is going to get you to do that. So that's ultimately, like, why I went into it. I went into it also because, like, you're going to cap out financially just doing one-on-one training. You don't want to get up at 3 (laughs) a.m. Like, and as a woman, too, I think it's really hard. Like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like if I end up having kids, but it's it's not a sustainable job to have, or at least the hours that I'm training now isn't sustainable for, for a family. So just trying to like look ahead a little bit instead of end up like, and I don't know, as a 40 year old woman who wants to have kids all of a sudden. And now it's like, what do I do?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably the most, one of the most realistic reflections a person can take. Like, And it kind of paves the path for other people that might see themselves in in a similar situation. Like um, people want to have a legacy. People want to uh, live a life outside of their job and get some decent sleep. And so it's extremely realistic. And it's kind of in a lot of cases, it's like there's this box drawn that we have to fit inside this box and and we have to be like on the floor training clients or we have to look a certain do a certain thing look a certain way be a certain kind of person but it's just kind of like if you have sort of like a vision of what you want and your vision was you wanted to kind of genuinely help people and it went beyond the fitness aspect it went beyond like the exercise then just roll with it and like that's the cool thing is that that is exactly what you're doing and so by, by having you on the show, I'm my hope is that it kind of gets other people kind of thinking like, oh, you know, I've been really sitting on an idea that I've had for a long time and I haven't really like taken the leap or I didn't think that was even possible. So if I put in the reps, maybe I can get to that stage one day. And just the whole idea of like bringing up the fact that a lot of people in the fitness industry, like they they burn the candle at both ends and they never even consider the fact that like yeah they they would like to like retire one day or they'd like to have kids or they like to go on walks with their dog in the daylight and not at 1 in the morning and just like things like that um i'm curious like you talked about how you met Kyle how did things kind of like come together where you sort of like start working with him more again
1: Kyle, I'm a crier. I'm not going to cry now, but he has been, uh, one of the most influential people in my life as I'm sure for, for many people, but he, um, just a little backstory on how great he is. When I first started, um, I would, he would train me at like four 35 o'clock in the morning. We'd get there before the gym to open. Um, and he would train me like just one-on-one sessions and then you know we would start the day of of training and like be on the hunt for people on the floor you know like <laughs> uh i was saying the little like jobs thing as they went on the floor like dunna dunna and then I'd they crawl up on people and you know but um <laughs> this was a, little, a little side note but he just was so um incredibly supportive in the beginning and just gave um you know i think he had a a toddler at the time and he lived in Williamsburg and he commuted in to train me at that, um, crazy hour. Um, and so I just felt like he always had my back. Um, and it's very much a boys club, this, this industry. Um, and so, you know, I've, and I trust him so much, um, that I, you know, I think we, We never really lost touch, but he went on to leave and worked for Peak Performance and some other places. And then when he moved, I still stayed in touch with him. But uh, it was another thing where I reached out to him, I think like February of last year, a few weeks before everything started shutting down. And it was like, I was like, this is my bud. This is my big brother. But I was like sweating under the armpits and I had to reach out to him to be like, I want a health coach for you. I want to do something in this capacity with you um but it was another one of those moments of like if i don't do this now i'm not going to make like this isn't gonna be i think if you if we're going back to like what are those like three big things that happen this year, i can't name three but i can name like a few instances of like if i don't do this right now it's not gonna happen and that was one of them if i don't reach out to kyle and make this happen like there could be some part of my journey that like you know, isn't gonna isn't gonna happen in this in this way. Um and so I reached out with him and we were working on a project to create like a, a health coaching program for corporate gyms or sorry, corporate companies. Um and I was gonna work with Gerard Friedman. I don't know if you've heard of him Is, yeah, I think I follow him on Instagram or
0: something. Or something.
1: Yeah. So we we're working together and then uh, you know, the, pandemic never ended so then we had to like shift courses (laughs) and and, uh, I went down the route of making a program for trainers a behavior change uh, program for trainers but that's kind of where I got you know that's where we are today with what I'm doing for him with with health coaching
0: yeah well I mean it's cool how you talked about the whole like idea of like if you don't if you don't do it now like it won't happen or just like that whole like let's go let's go like there's never the right time but you have to like do something because i think uh i mean i can speak to times in my life where i've had to do that like my whole leap into the fitness industry was a whole like let's let's get reckless and let's just leave our job and let's go and i think a lot of people have a story very similar to that um i want to hear more about like what that whole um program is for trainers like Kind of give me the Kohl's notes. Sell me on it. Like, tell tell me what it's all about.
1: It is, like, we can all, we can be great friends. <laughs> we can be empathetic, you know. I always just say, like, personal trainers are, like, expensive friends, basically. Like, whole, like we're pretty good at making connections, uh, generally. Like, if you have a successful business, you're good at building those kinds of relationships. But there are, like fundamental communication skills that go beyond that and behavior change strategies and there's a there's a full process right of like even like the trans theoretical model of change like where people are and the different stages of it and I think we as trainers need to get better at meeting our clients where they're at um, and understanding like the language that they're using and then how to meet them with a, a certain kind of language um, and so that was our goal is to just be like this is you know we want to teach like basically took like all of my trainings from I went to Duke Integrated Medicine for, for health coaching all of my trainings from them and he took Gerard check his trainings from he did a Chris Cresser Institute um, and we kind of just put together this six-week framework of how would you if someone came to you for like even a new client or say it's like you're how do you just jump in with a current client that you have and, and understand where where they're at? Like giving them kind of like the framework of the, the different stages of change um, and how to approach each one kind of, right? And, and we mix interview uh, motivational interviewing in there too with kind of each stage um, and the skills and strategies to use yeah
0: that makes sense
1: that's it (laughs) um you know there's a there's a process to it and i don't think that trainers can um or it's becoming known a little bit more but i think that like our goal is just to try to get that out there that there there there's so much more behind someone like they're not lazy they're not a bad client you know (laughs) there is a language and there is um, a process to them changing and we need to recognize that
0: well I like that you outlined that that a whole like they're not a bad client like I, I'll hear of instances where a person's like oh I'm working with this really difficult client it's like well did you did you get on their level did you like figure out what they're all about so you could kind of like understand where they're coming from when you're thinking that they're not like going the way you want them to go like Um, I found in, in my experience in my career, just like all the different jobs that I've had outside of fitness have sort of like helped me see multiple different perspectives to kind of be able to like, understand like, okay, this person says, this is what they do for work. This is what they're dealing with. Um, these are like the pressures that are on them. Like I can kind of like latch onto that first and then think about exercise second, still prioritizing exercise, I mean, they're paying me for that, but then I can kind of figure out how to translate it to that specific person, having a better idea of where they're coming from and not being so biased towards like just exercise, that's it. Mm -hmm. If they don't like this thing, shut her down um, and all (laughs) that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, very wise. (laughs) I think like, you know, you said it's I mean, primarily, you know, if someone comes to me and they want to exercise, is a way for them to get to their goals, But that's not maybe what they value. You know, (laughs) like, what do they value? What do they really want to do? Why are they coming to you? Um, And even if it's just to look better and to feel better and exercise is is one way to get there, Um, you know, speaking again, speaking their language of what is this? What is what do you value?
0: Well, Um, I think a lot of people that we probably have both come across are valuing us because we empower them to see that they're ready for whatever life has in in store for them like they they don't have to have all these additional resources kind of thing um they they are equipped with a body that moves and works some functions and with a little bit of like um the right perspective or the right attitude they can move the needle further in the direction they want to go they don't need like this fancy um, accessory or supplement, like they truly are equipped, and it's like we we help them connect those dots, and that's where they see value. And it's we might connect them, connect the dots through an exercise that helps their their heart rate and heart helps their heart health, or we might connect the dots with strength that helps them go up and down the stairs, or helps their posture so that they're not thinking of well like posture or just like um bracing strength just like being able to sit on a chair and not like walk away and think oh my lower back is sore like just i went on off on a huge ramble but it's it's just like uh the value in our industry a lot of that comes context specific and it's not going to be the same for everybody but when we're able to uh distinguish that context that that person has picked out then we can figure out how to replicate that and retain them and change their lives and uh, make a greater impact. And in our own selfish way, like then we have done what we set out to do. Like then we feel accomplished in the, in that way.
1: Yeah, I agree. You said um, make them feel equipped. I, I don't know exactly how you said it, but it's true in that like they, we want to give them the tools. Basically, we want to make them feel because they do and they know everyone's like you. You're gonna hear this. I hear this. I don't know, can't say how many times a week that I hear it from clients. I know what I, like I know what I need to do. I just need to do it, or like I if um you know I just you know yeah that's it. I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. And these clients, they do have. Our clients have the tools Um, and maybe they need some some new ones. And that's where we're going to help them figure it out, too. But they a lot of the time they just need to, like, process and talk through and, like, get to, uh, you know, talk through different strategies to get to to new places. But they really we want to give them the tools, maybe new ones or help them find ones that they had and they didn't realize um so that they can you know keep going even when they have made a change and i think that's a big thing too is we wanted them to feel like uh i mean you know self-efficacy is like a huge word thrown around in this but they want to make them feel like confident that they can if something's going to come up too and it inevitably will because life is going to throw a ton of shit at you like feel like they're confident uh, navigating whatever is going to come their way.
0: Definitely. Um, are you a person that sets goals for your future? Like, do you set like one-year goals, six-month goals, anything like that?
1: Um, I do, <laughs> kind of. I do. I guess our goals. Uh, I create a vision plan. <laughs> it sounds funny, but um, at the beginning of the year, I will create. I have like, if you take, have you heard of the Wheel of Life? It's like a, a wheel that kind of breaks up your life in eight different areas, and it's like work, um, money, friends, home, all the different kind of areas, health, personal growth, all the different areas that kind of comprise our um, our well-being, and it I will take those different areas and kind of break down what I want to see happen in each area, um, and then I will further each quarter kind of break that into chunks so like what I kind of want to accomplish in each area and they may be specific things um you know like attainable like I want this many things so it's not just like I want more clients like I want this many clients by this time um I want to get I think I even have on there for like health uh I want to get an average of like six hours and 50 minutes seven hours a night like by the end of this time this is what I want so I do, I don't, I haven't set like anything further out than a year.
0: Well, I like that you talk about it in a, a holistic way where it's like encompassing <clears throat> things like friends and and like family and just all the things that go into life. Um, what is it, what is the process that you go through to really like, because people can set goals, but I feel like people are kind of hard on themselves. They're like, oh yeah, I'll like, um, I will get ice cream next week. And then I'll, I'll have really made it like, that's sort of like something that people know that they can do. How do you set a goal that there's a little bit of doubt whether you can do it or not, but you're setting that goal anyways. Like, what is, what is the thought process that you go through to like, kind of get past that fear and like set something that would actually like, uh, put you in a position where you'd kind of feel like now you're really rocking and rolling.
1: Um, I think being realistic about it (laughs) is like, you know, like being in tune with yourself too. And like, what can I actually, I think there's a couple of things and this is like, you know, I would say this is valid for working with clients too, but um, what's something that is like, A, that I know that I'm going to be able to achieve because if I don't, then I'll feel really like it'll dampen my confidence in what I can do later on. So what am I, what do I know I can, can achieve? Um, and I'll ask if I work with clients, I'll give them a scale, like on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most confident and one being not at all, how confident are you that you can, you know, achieve this in this time timeframe? Um, and if it's kind of anything lower than like an eight, then we'll talk about like what you need to make it um, achievable and feeling confident that you can do it. So I think it's like being confident Knowing that it's something that's, like, a reach and it's, like, okay, this is kind of, like, a, a fun challenge, but that I know that I'm going to be able to do it. Um, and looking at, like, it's kind of looking ahead, too, of, like, you know, I think financially I, I was, like, okay, this is, I didn't make a financial goal. Of like, this is how much I want to make in this next year. Um, because I don't, there are so many unknowns. Uh, this coming year it's it's similar to last year we all think 2021 one's a new year but it's like there's a lot of <laughs> it's almost like the same sorry guys it's gonna be about the same um so you know i'm like i'm not gonna set myself up for failure in that sense of like i need to make this much by the end of the year but i did make like a goal of how much i wanted to save in some sense so i think it's like when you're making a goal looking at like how confident am i what are the, what's the what are the circumstances what am i working with what are going to be the obstacles that are going to come up um and you know just being like really kind of analytical and realistic about what what's the whole picture of this school
0: i i really liked how you um outlined the fact that like 2021 is not that it's going to be a bad year but it's not going (laughs) to be that much different than 2020 like it's going to have its (laughs) obstacles it's going to have its challenges but um i've asked a few people like uh where they've experienced the most growth or like, um, where they've, uh, yeah, it's basically growth oriented and it's the discomfort of like having your back up against a wall in 2020 that made a lot of people grow. Like when I look back at myself, like, um, well, I mean, I'll I'll give a shout out to the compound performance mentorship group. I I tend to do that every second episode (laughs) or so, but like my, my online coaching business grew like, um, a lot, <laughs> like by it went from $80 a month to like $1,800 a month or something. And so it's like, I didn't even look at that. Cause I was just like in this sort of like fight or flight, let's hustle, let's go, let's go. And it's that whole stereotypical hustle word, but it's just, um, I wouldn't have achieved that in a non pandemic year. I would have just been like, Oh no, I'm not ready. I couldn't possibly, I can't apply myself. I can't fail. <laughs> like, I mean, Every process takes like some some kind of struggle and some trial and error and some having to repeat it over and over and over and over and be kind of relentless in the pursuit. But um, a little bit of uncertainty isn't so bad. So when we're looking into 2021 and thinking about our goals and making them realistic to not like beat ourselves down, but still making them so that we will be moving ahead, like it's exciting to think of like where a person could be in February 2022 where they might not even take into account how much growth can occur in a year's time. Um, To kind of like narrow things down to a question that I ask all of my guests, if you could give one piece of advice on how to live your life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Oh. How much time can you give me to think? Okay, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> um, okay, how... Can you repeat the question again? So a...
0: essentially just like thinking of of your life and thinking of a piece of advice that you would give to somebody else to help them live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, just like by being themselves and by being truly as happy as, as a person could realistically be.
1: Hmm. Being honest—that's <laughs> like the first thing that, like, I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's the best piece of advice, but that's the first thing that's coming to my mind. Being honest, being honest with yourself primarily, um, with who you are, and kind of like coming to terms with that, and like being honest with like where, what you, what you can do to change. Um, being honest with those around you, being honest, you know, like that's what's really helped build my business. That's what's created a lot of trust in my business and, and um, clients who, yeah, who who trust me. I think that's what it comes down to. But um, yeah, that's, all, that's what I want to say, being honest. <laughs> you know, I think it's being open and vulnerable that sounds kind of cliche, but honesty, I'll just stick with that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> there's a lot of person can yeah. do with that. I mean, um, it, it's not always the easiest path to just like stay true to your values and be honest with people and stand in your integrity. But like if you're playing the long game, I am a firm believer that uh, honesty will pay off. And like in yeah. this crazy world of people wanting like instant gratification and uh just wanting to achieve these big things in record times like uh the thing that'll keep your ship afloat for the long run would be honesty so that was solid advice but then i i have another one for you so this one (sighs) I'll, I'll ramble a little bit to buy you some time, but you're going to have to think of a challenge. You're going to have to think of a challenge for my audience. And I like to encourage people to not overthink this one, but kind of think of something that you might assume that they've never heard of before. Something that it, like has your brand on it, but just something that they can apply to their day that uh, might impact some change in the near future for them. So essentially what you'll have to do is you'll be like, your advice for the day is, or your challenge for the day is, and then just uh, dish it out to him.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, let me think. Um. Okay, if this has been said before, tell me, and then I'll come up with something else. <laughs> um what is one of my goals like and this was kind of like a um it was like a a theme I would even say it wasn't a goal because it didn't have like a a specific like specificity to it but it was um to just do something and like if there was something that it was big or small but to do it in the moment if I was like thinking about it rather than kind of like putting it off out of like fear or whatever kind of thing that I had, you know, uh, going on for the reasons why I didn't want to do it, but like um, to kind of do it in the moment or to say it in the moment. Um, and so if, you know, my challenge to you is that if there is one thing and it could be really small <laughs> or really big um, that you've had on your mind or a list, um just to do that one thing um because that builds it really builds and if you know having one thing under your belt or taking one piece of action will um it's probably not going to stop there
0: yeah i mean that actually has never been said before so that was perfect (laughs) you nailed it you did good (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'd like to thank you so much for joining me on the show if people want to look you up how do they find you where where do they find you
1: Um, my Instagram, which I sporadically post on, I'm trying to come to a point of enjoyment with it. (laughs) We'll get there. Um, is give me some more squats, (laughs) like give me some more squats, but, uh, G I M M E and then my name S A H M U R A, uh, squats. (laughs) Um, and then my, uh, website is just my first name and last name.com.
0: Awesome. And I'll make sure to have that in the description so people can hunt you down and see what you're all about. But uh, thanks again.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is you're a great podcaster.
0: (laughs) Thanks. I am promoting a brand called True Local. They appeared on the Dragon's Den. Truly what True Local is, is they are your source to connect to your local Canadian meat supply. They are a Canadian company And what I like about them is when you order in Alberta, which is where I am based, you are buying from an Alberta producer. It's a great way to support local while staying organized and getting high quality meat. It's convenient, delivered to your door, easy to use. You can save time by making fewer trips to the grocery store. You can master your meal prep and always know what meats you have on hand. Great for getting in your protein. It's a great way to support local farms in your province. If you're ordering from another province, they source it from that province. If you're ordering from Ontario, they'll source from Ontario. Being that I promote Protein and I promote supporting local so much, this is my way of putting the two together and you would be supporting me by using my promo code, which is True lifestyle chase tru lifestyle chase and it'll get you some extra lean ground beef if you have any questions send me a message you'd also click the link which will be in the episode description to place your order so thank you for supporting local thank you for getting in your protein and thank you for watching